All right, so we're going to pick it up from Tafchaf Avam Aleph with three lines from the bottom. So the case the Gemara had just mentioned, this is the case. Huh? I'm sorry. Three lines from the bottom, sorry. So the case the Gemara had is you had um, five brothers. Three of them were married to three sisters. Then the three brothers died. So the three sisters fall to the last two brothers. So Rav's opinion was that if they all died at the same time, then the halacha would be each sister would have to do chalitza from both brothers. Why? Because Rav's opinion is that when the chalitza is considered chalitza psula, what that means is if the chalitza is in a situation where you cannot do yibum, so it's not like chalitza is an alternative to yibum, chalitza is the only option, Rav's opinion is that when chalitza is the only option, you have to chalitza from all the brothers. So this situation is, they each died staggered. So you have the first brother died, one, Reuven did chalitza. The second brother died, Shimon did chalitza. When the third brother died, and she falls to Reuven and Shimon, she can't marry either Reuven and Shimon, because Reuven and Shimon have both done chalitza to her sister. So she's achos chalitza. So because they can't marry her, they could only do chalitza, that's considered a chalitza psula, and therefore she has to do chalitza from both brothers. That was Rob's opinion yesterday. Shmuel disagrees. Shmuel Omar, Echad Chalitz Lekulim. Shmuel says, no, in this case where all three brothers die, just one brother do Chalitz at all three. Simple. Let one brother do Chalitz at all three. So instead of Reuven, just Reuven do Chalitz at all three. Now, here's the problem. The Gemara says, Michti. Well, let, let's see. Shamin Leila Shmuel, Domar Chalitza Ma'al Yobi'inon. Shmuel's opinion is that Chalitzas have to be done in the best way possible. Meaning, as we'll see in a moment, if you have a woman, if you have two co-wives, one woman you could marry, one woman you cannot, meaning one you could only do chalitza, one you could do either, if you do chalitza to the woman you could only do chalitza to, it does not cover the co-wife, because that's considered a weaker chalitza. Meaning, Shmuel's opinion is that you have to do the best chalitza possible. So the question is, in this case, when you have the three brothers falling to one sister, so... The three, the three women fall into two brothers, right? So he says, let one brother just do chalitza to all three. I don't get that. Because when the first brother does chalitza to the first wife, right, you, have, you have Rachel, and Bila. They fall to Reuven and Shimon. Reuven does chalitza to the first wife. The second wife falls. Reuven can't marry the second wife because he's already done chalitza to her sister. So shouldn't Shimon do chalitza then? That's a better chalitza. I mean, if you're going to go with let's get the best chalitza possible, then shouldn't Shimon do chalitza? Meaning, yes, the last sister is going to get messed up. The last sister is going to fall to a brother that she cannot marry. I understand that. But the second one, why is Ruvain doing chalitza to all three? They should alternate. Because if you want the best chalitza possible, once Ruvain does chalitza to the first sister, he can no longer marry any of the other sisters. So when, he, when, when the second woman falls to the two brothers, instead of Ruvain doing it, it should be Shimon doing it. Because Ruvain can't marry her. You understand? Yeah. So wouldn't that be that would be the chalitza ma'ali if the other guy would do it, right? Correct. However, the Shmuel saying is echad chalitza lekulan, or saying that's the question. Shmuel is. I mean, that's exactly the question. Why is he holding the echad chalitza kulan, which is one brother does chalitza all three, but the problem is Shmuel himself holds that you're supposed to do the best chalitza possible. The best chalitza possible is not having one brother do chalitza all three sisters. It's having alternating. That's the best chalitza possible. Because the second one brother does chalitza to one sister, he can't marry the rest. So the second sister falls. If he does chalitza, that's considered a weaker chalitza because he can't marry her anyway. 
Any chalitza that you can't do yibam, that's a weak chalitza. So why does Shmuel say that one brother should do chalitza to all three? By definition, the second time it's considered a weak chalitza. And Shmuel's opinion in general is that you're supposed to have the best chalitza possible. So why does he why does he uh, promote one brother doing chalitza to all three? That's not the best chalitza possible. They should alternate. The Gemara says, Shmuel's opinion is that you're supposed to have the best chalitza possible. How do I know this? Damar Shmuel, Shmuel says, Let's say you have um, two brothers married to two sisters and two co-wives. So each brother is married to a sister and a co-wife. Both brothers die, so these four women fall to this guy Levi, right? Levi cannot marry the two sisters. But conceptually, he can marry the two co-wives, right? So he has Zika to all. So there's two sisters and their co-wives. He can't marry the two sisters, but he can conceptually marry the two co-wives. The halacha is, says Shmuel, if he does chalitza to the sisters, it does not cover the co-wives because it's considered a weaker chalitza because it's a chalitza that can't lead to marriage. But if he does chalitza to the co-wives, then we're good. Then it covers the, covers the sisters also. So you see that Shmuel's opinion is he's supposed to have the best chalitza possible. So back to our question, why does he promote one brother doing chalitza to all three? He's into having the best chalitza possible. That's why he doesn't think you should do chalitza to the sisters. You should do chalitza to the co-wives. So if, if that's the case, then why does he hold one chalitza, one brother doing chalitza to all three sisters in this case? So the Gemara says, tzaris. So hecha dekaima chalitza deshimen chalitza kshera. Chalitza la ruben chalitza psula. So back to our question, why does Ruvain say that the, you should do chalitza to all three the second Reuven does chalitza to the first one, or let's say Shimon does chalitza to the first one, then the second sister, he, the other brother should do chalitza. Because the second he does chalitza to one sister, he can't marry the rest. So the second the second wife becomes a widow, the other brother should do chalitza. And Shmuel's opinion is that you're supposed to have the best chalitza possible. So the Gemara says, you're right. You're right. He also means to alternate. Meaning, Reuven does the first one, Shimon does the second, then Reuven does the third. So when he says that one brother does all three, he just means the majority. You're right, you're supposed to alternate the best possible, and then once you get to the third, you're stuck anyway, so just one brother does it. Meaning the machlegas in Rav and Shmuel is whether the last sister needs chalitza from both. Rav says yes, Shmuel says no, just let one brother do it. But you are alternating. So when, when he says that Reuven does chalitza at all three, he means two out of three. So the Gemara says, Ay hakulun ka'amar, but didn't he say all three? It's a kuvin de ruba ruba so one brother, so Reuven does the first chalitza, Shimon does the second, Reuven does the third. So Reuven did the majority. So when he says one brother does chalitza all three, he means the majority of all three. Um, Dad, I think mom wants you to call mom for a second. So the Gemara says like this, or another answer, Another answer is it could be Shmuel doesn't actually believe that you need a really good chalitza. What was the source that Shmuel holds that you need a good chalitza? Right? Maybe Shmuel doesn't care if it's not a good chalitza. I, Shmuel said that if you do chalitza to the sisters, it doesn't cover the co-wife. So you see that he wants a good chalitza. Maybe he only wants a good chalitza to cover the co-wives. Meaning, if you have two women in front of you, and you're doing chalitza to one, you want to cover the co-wife, you got to do the best possible. But if you just have one woman in front of you, you could do a shvacha chalitza. So the answer is, Shmuel doesn't actually believe you need a good chalitza. He only believes you need a good chalitza when it comes to covering a co-wife. But when it comes to just that woman, you could do a bad chalitza. So in this case, you have the first wife dies, uh, first husband dies, Reuben does chalitza. Second husband dies, Reuben also does chalitza. Aye, it's not such a great chalitza. There's no co-wife here. It's just for her. For her, it's fine. 
Meaning, when you're doing a chalitza to one wife and you want to cover the co-wife, you got to pick the best possible. But when it's just one woman straight up, nah, it's fine. Okay. Moving right along. Once we get to the two dots on the bottom, I'm not as nervous. All right. So far, so far we're fine. Okay. Gufa. Omer Shmuel. Shmuel said three halachas. The halachas are, when you're doing chalitza to one and to cover a co-wife, you want to do it the best chalitza possible. Okay. So halacha number one is First halacha, which is what we're going to analyze in this Ahmed, is that again, you have two sisters married to two brothers. The brothers are married to two sisters and a co-wife. So you have Rachel and Bilha, Leah and Zilpa. Okay. They both fall to Yaakov. Okay. So Yaakov can't marry the sisters. Because he has Zika and they're, they're sisters. He can't marry Tzachosukukaso. But he could marry the co-wives, conceptually. So when he does chalitza to the sisters, it doesn't cover their co-wives because it's considered a weaker chalitza. But if he does chalitza to the co-wives, it covers the sisters. Now, by the way, the Gemara is going to ask a question later on that if you get it good, if not, this is like, he can't marry the sisters, but he can marry the co-wives. No. Generally, if you're not allowed to marry one wife, that covers, that potters all of it. So like... Yeah, so it's, it's, it's like uh, anytime you have one woman that you can't marry, it's a tsara of an erva. So the Gemara is just going to ask, like, the Gemara's whole premise is that he can't marry the sisters, but he can marry their co-wives. No. If you can't marry the sisters because they're Zika and you're engaged to both, that'll negate them and it'll negate their co-wives also. The Gemara is going to ask that. Potentially it could be Zika's not strong enough to do that, but okay, fine. So that's halacha number one. All right, let's go to halacha number two. Halacha number two... Let's say you have two women fall to 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 do even not sisters this time. Rachel, you give a get to Rachel. Once you give a get to one wife, you can't do even to either. That's your way of sort of like it's like a rabbinic chalitza. So the halacha is so you have to do chalitza, yeah. If you do chalitza to the one you gave a get, it won't cover the co-wife. The second you gave her a get, you weakened her zika. So the chalitza to her is not the greatest chalitza. Because it was already, she, was at, she wasn't at 100. Once you give her a get, it's at a 50. So if you give a chalitza to her, it's not going to cover her co-wife, which is 100% zika. But if you give a chalitza to the co-wife, it covers her. It's a second halacha that, again, if you have two wives, one is considered a weaker chalitza. This case being because you gave her a get. So because you gave her a get, her zika is is plummeted to a 50% because you can't marry her anyway. So the chalitza to her is considered a weaker chalitza. It won't cover the co-wife. But the opposite, if you gave it to the co-wife, it'll cover her. That's halacha number two. And the last halacha is a mimer. Let's say you have the two wives. Instead of giving one a get, you gave you did mimer, you did kedushin. That's even better. Here's the problem. When you do kedushin, when you give kedushin to a woman, and then you change your mind and you do chalitza, you also need a get. The chalitza is not strong enough. She's at 150. <laughs> Meaning, if giving a get drops her zika from 100 to a 50, giving her a mimer plums it up to 150, and a chalitza is not strong enough. So the chalitza to that woman is also not going to cover the co-wife because it's considered a weak chalitza because it's not strong enough to sever it. But if you gave it to the co-wife, it'll cover her. That's the halacha. Um... Okay. So now we're going to analyze the first case. Okay? The first case, which is you have the two sisters and their co-wives fall to one brother. He can't marry the sisters. So if he does chalitza to the sister, it doesn't cover the co-wife. But if he does chalitza to the co-wife, it covers the sisters. 
Okay. Again, these sets of pairs, you have a sister, co-wife, sister, co-wife, both, each set needs a chalitza. But if you give chalitza to the sisters, it doesn't cover the co-wife, but co-wives cover the, cover the sisters. That, that's the Gemara's premise. So the Gemara wants to know, This is the question that I mentioned before. Why is it that if you give a chalitza to the sisters, it doesn't cover the co-wife? Because it's considered a weaker chalitza, because you can't marry them. Right, anytime you have a chalitza that you, it can't lead to marriage, it's considered a weaker chalitza. You can't marry the sisters, but you can marry the co-wives? No, you can't. As I said before, if the co-wives are out of Yibam, then they're considered an erva, then they're co-wives, meaning if the sisters are out, because you're engaged to both, it's a chosekukoso, so then that should exempt their co-wives as well. So like, why are we assuming that the co-wives are stronger? Meaning once you accept Zika, and you can't marry the sisters, then you can't marry the co-wives either. Because they're co-wives of Achaz Kukasa. It's like, it, we never have a situation where it's like, oh, she's an Erva, but the co-wife's fine. It's not such a Zach. So if you believe in Zika, and that's why you can't marry the sisters, and that's why their Chalitz is weak, then the co-wife's Chalitz is also weak. They're all the same. You know what I'm saying? Why is one... It's like, oh, the sisters you can't marry, you can't marry the co-wives. No, you can't. If you can't marry the sisters, then this, the co-wives are co-wives of women you can't marry. It's also exempt. So the Gemara says... Because Sabr Shmuel ain't Zika. Shmuel doesn't believe in Zika. If you don't believe in Zika, then the reason why you can marry the co-wives is because they're not co-wives of an erva. The problem is, if you don't believe in Zika, then why can't you marry the sisters? Right? If you don't believe in, in Zika, then the sisters are also marriageable. Yeah, pick one. You can marry one of them. The Gemara says, I, first of all, Hamr Shmuel yesh Zika. I thought Shmuel holds of Zika. The answer is, let's how you marry Zika. He's entertaining the, the opinion that holds no Zika. But here's the kasha. Ihachi, if he doesn't believe in Zika, and that's why the co-wives are eligible for him, then then why can't he, then why, how come the chalitza on the sisters is no good? And the Gemara explains, the second sister I get, because once you do chalitza to one sister, then the second sister you can't marry, because she's the sister of a woman you did chalitza. But the first sister, so you have Leah and Rachel. For some reason, the Gemara assumes that Leah is the first one you did chalitza to. Right? She was older. So, so, so if you do chalitza to Leah, I get why the chalitza to Rachel is not going to be a good chalitza. Because at that point, once you do chalitza to Leah, her sister is out, right? It's the sister of a woman you do chalitza to. So you can't marry Rachel. So if you can't marry Rachel, then her chalitza is weak. I get it. But if you do chalitza to Leah, that should cover her co-wife. Like, why not? Meaning the whole premise is... If you believe in Zika, then the two sisters are out because you're engaged to both. So it's a weaker chalitza, it doesn't cover the co-wives. No, 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 he doesn't believe in Zika. So then why can't, when he does chalitza to the first sister, it should, it should cover the co-wife. I get the second sister, because once you get chalitza to the first sister, then the second sister is ineligible to you because she's the sister of a woman you did chalitza to. I get it, it's achos chalitza, so. But the first woman, the first sister, so all these four women fall to you. If you don't believe in Zika, pick Leah. Do chalitza to her, it should cover the co-wife. Why? What's the problem? How come he says that if you do chalitza to the sister, it doesn't cover the co-wife? That's not true. The second sister, I'm sure, but the first sister should be fine. If you believe in Zika, then they're both out. But if you don't believe in Zika, first wife, first woman, Leia, you did chalitza to her, it's a perfectly good chalitza. You can marry her if you wanted to, right? Conceptually. And you should be able, should be able to cover the co-wife. Yes, the second sister is not a good chalitza, because by that time, achalus chalitza also. But the first sister should be a good chalitza. So the Gemara says... 
Amaylin if there's tzaras bishlam it's tzara the Rachel. I understand the tzara of Rachel, the second sister. Loy tifta the kibin the chalitz aleya had the chalitz of the Lorach. But chalitza the Rachel chalitz absula because by the time you get to Rachel, she's the sister of a woman the chalitza to. I get it. El tzara the leya tifta. But how come when you did chalitza to leya the first sister, why doesn't it cover the co-wife? So the Gemara says Amaylin if there's tzaras now the kamar tzara the Rachel. That's what he meant. When he says that if you do chalitza to the sisters, it doesn't cover the co-wife, it means the second sister. But the first sister, Taka, works. Okay. So, if you do chalitza to the first sister, it covers the, covers the co-wife. The second sister, it doesn't. Okay, that, that makes sense, yeah? Okay, fine. The Gemara says, Hatsarois kamar. He says it doesn't cover the tsaros. Tsaros is plural. Tsaros dalma. He means the second situation in general. It'll cover the first wife, but it won't cover the second one in general. I mean, in, in this case and in all cases. So the Gemara says like this, I, I have a kasha. Ihachi, cholatz letzaros niftere achayos, vatzaros rochel mi miftera vatanan, aser adam betzaras kruvas chalutzase. Here's the kasha. If you do chalitza to the sisters, it doesn't cover the co-wife. Maybe the second sister. But if you, if you do chalitza to the co-wives, it covers the sisters. The question is why? Here's the kasha. Here's the problem. If you do chalitza to... Hold on, I just want to make sure I got the case right. Because this is the only part that was like tricking me. Um, yeah, the Gemara says like this. Um, yeah. Wait, did I skip a case? No. Oh, here it is. Okay. Right? If you did chalitza to the co-wives, it covers the sisters. Atzaras Rachel mi miftera. Does it cover the co-wife of Rachel? Vatanan. Aser adam atzaras kriyas chalutzase. Meaning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Means like this. If you did chalitza to Leah, right? So we covered her co-wife. The second said, if you do chalitza to Rachel, no good. Because Rachel is ineligible, so you have to chalitza to the co-wife. But if you do chalitza to co-wife, it also should not cover Rachel. Why? Once you do chalitza to Leah, who's out? Rachel's out, because she's the sister of a woman you do chalitza to, and Rachel's co-wife. The halacha is that when you do chalitza to someone, it cancels her sister and her co-wives. So once you do chalitza to Leah, right, we started with the premise that you did, if you do chalitza to the sisters, it's no good, meaning the first sister's good, covers the co-wife, the second one, right, so you, you did chalitza to Leah, right? Okay, so you cover the co-wife. Then Rachel becomes eligible. So the rabbi says, don't do chalitza to Rachel because she's ineligible to you. Do chalitza to the co-wife. But the co-wife's also ineligible. Because she's the tzara of a Because she's the tzara of a woman, of a sister you did chalitza to. They always go together. Huh? They always go together. No, the Gemara assumes that according to Shmuel, if they're both bad, you, they need chalitza from both. Meaning, once it's a shva chalitza... Then it's like, oh, don't don't do chalitza to Rachel, do chalitza to the co-wife. Why? The co-wife's also out. They're all, they're all the same. So why are you picking one over the other? So the Gemara says, Shmuel nami hischel v'loy hischel kamer. That's actually what Shmuel meant. Hischel b'achayis like yigmer b'tzares. What he meant was, if you want to just do chalitza to two women, start with Leah's co-wife, because if you do Leah's co-wife, then you could do chalitza to Rachel. Because Leah's co-wife and Rachel are completely unrelated. Mm-hmm. But if you do chalitza to Leah, then you're actually going to have to do chalitza to both Rachel and her co-wife. Because once you get to Leah, 
Rachel and Rakowif are both ineligible. Meaning, what Shmuel meant to say is not you could do ro- uh, 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 Chalitza to Leia and then you could do Chalitza to Rachel's Kowaif. No, no, no. Once you do Chalitza to Leia, you messed up. So if you want to do this the perfect way, do Chalitza to Leia's Kowaif. Then you could pick either one. Because the, when you do Chalitza to Leia's Kowaif, it will not affect Rachel's house. But if you do Chalitza to Leia, it will make her ineligible, it will make Rachel ineligible, and it will make her co-wife ineligible. Rendering those two women Chalitza Psula, where potentially you have to do Chalitza to both. That's what Shmuel meant. Okay. So the Gemara says, Hischa v'loi hischa k'amer. Hischa b'achoyais l'yigmer b'tzareis. If you start with Leia, then you won't, you won't cover Rachel or her sister, meaning you're going to have to do Chalitza to both. D'tanan asar ad the mitzareis k'arvis chalitza. So b'hischa b'tzareis yigmer af b'achoyais. But if you do Chalitza to Leia's Co-wife, then you're fine with anyone from Rachel. Ditanan, mutter of the Mikrevis Saris Chalutzasa. Meaning doing Chalitza to Leia's co-wife will not have any ill effects to Rachel's house. Okay. That wasn't too bad. That was the only part I was worried about. Okay. Ravashi has another answer. I always find Sunday to be difficult just because Shabbos, like, I don't I don't have like the head to prepare a daf, so it's all Matzi Shabbos at like eleven o'clock. So Ravashi has another answer. Ravashi says, Really Let's go back. Okay, let's go back. Let's go back to the original understanding, which is you have the two sisters and the two co-wives fall to Levi, whatever. Shmuel believes in Zika. Right? We, we rejected it, but let's go back to what we originally thought. Shmuel believes in Zika. So you can't marry the sisters. So don't do chalitza to the sisters, do chalitza to the co-wives. A chalitza to the sisters consider we chalitza. We ask the question, if you believe in Zika, then the sisters are out then they'll exempt their co-wives also, because they're considered an erva, and then, because you can't marry them, you can't marry their co-wives. So we said, oh, he doesn't believe in Zika. And then what's the problem? Uh, A whole thing. Ravashi says, no, 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 he believes in Zika. So then how come the co-wives are more eligible? The answer is, Zika's not strong enough to make them ervas. Meaning, we have a rule that when one woman is an erva, it'll pater her co-wife. So we assumed, because of Zika, you can't marry the sisters. Right? Because you're kind of engaged to both. So we assume Zika is so strong that because you can't marry them, it makes them ervas, rendering their co-wives ineligible. The answer is that's not true. Zika is enough to make them out, but not to make them so ineligible that their co-wives are ervas. So back to the original premise, they're out, but their co-wives are not. So you do chalitza to them, it won't cover the co-wives. You do chalitza to the co-wives, it'll cover them. And again, the assumption that we had that because you can't marry them because of Zika, it makes them an erva to part of the co-wife, that's incorrect. Ravashi says, You could believe in Zika, which makes the sisters out, but it doesn't make them ineligible enough to part of the Kohas. That's Ravashi's take. So the Gemara says, I have a, a brysa that backs up Ravashi. It says, The brysa Mamish says that if you do Chalitza to the co-wives, it covers the sisters, but the sisters doesn't cover the co-wife. Mamish what we said, and the explanation would be Ravashi's explanation, which is that you believe in Zika, so the sisters are out, but the co-wives, not enough. So I see Uriah like Ravashi. So you know who says, no, it's actually not like Ravashi. You know who it's like? Beishamai. Beishamai holds you could marry a co-wife of a daughter. If you remember Beishamai, Beishamai doesn't believe that an Erev is the co-wife ever. So really, 
it's not like Ravashi. Really, if you hold up Zika, it's enough to cover the co-wife. I, why over here does it say that if you do Chalitza to the co-wife, it covers the sisters? It's because it's following Beishamai, who holds, who doesn't believe in co-wives. They believe that when there's an Ereva, you don't do Yibam to her, but you can marry the co-wife. So when it says that the sisters are ineligible, but the co-wives are eligible, it's not because of Ravashi Shtikl Torah that Zika's not strong enough. No, really, it is. They are Ervas, and they should pot to the co-wife. According to Beis Hillel, this is Beishamai. So when it says you do chalitza to the co-wives, it covers the sisters. It's because Beishamai holds you can marry the co-wives. But what Beishilu would say, maybe they would throw out this entire brisus. It's not a Raila Ravashi. Meaning we thought this was Ravashi and working with the premises that we've been working with, Beishilu and all that stuff. The answer is no, no. This is following the formula of Beishamai. That even an erva does not cover the co-wives. So really you could hold that Zika is strong enough to make the sisters ervas. But Beishamai holds that you could marry the co-wife of an erva. So then you have to figure out, so why does it say chalitza? You should say you should do yibam. Right? If this is actually following Beishamai, yeah. that the co-wife of an erva is eligible for yibam, so why does the Bryce say chalitza? It should actually say yibam. So the Gemara speaks it out. Hamani Beishamai hi. Wait, wait, if you tell me this is actually authored by Beishamai, then why don't you do yibam? Why does it say chalitza? Right? It's the co-wife of an erva. So why is there no, no yibam? The answer is, it's not Beishamai, and it's not Beishilol. It's Rav Yechem and Nuri. If you remember, Rav Yechem and Nuri's take was that because there was a Machlikis Beishamai Beishilol, he advised Chalitza. Across the board. Okay, so this Brisa follows Rav Yechem and Nuri, which is not how we Paskin, so it's not a help to us. I, the Gemara says, I thought they didn't have time to Paskin like Rav Yechem and Nuri. Remember that Rav Yechem and Nuri, they tried to get together and to Paskin like Rav Yechem and Nuri, but something happens that Hashem was Mesavu Sivuvim, that they couldn't get together to Paskin like Rav Yechem and Nuri. So how could you say this Brisa follows Rav Yechem and Nuri? I thought we don't Paskin like Rav Yechem and Nuri. The answer is, At the time of Rav Yechem and Nuri, they could not get together. Later on, they followed him. That's this premise. Okay, that was not too bad. I'm I'm fr- I'm impressed. I'm impressed with us. I think we did a great job. Because <laughs> the second number is way easier. Okay, Ibailahu. Go to the next page. Bailasagedu Bailas Hamimer Azaman Kaidemus. Here's a kasha. We said before that according to Shmuel, you want to pick the um, the most eligible Khalitza possible. And we listed a couple women where the Khalitza's like weak. One was if you gave the wife a get. Now you have two of them. You give the two uh, two Yevomos that fall to you. One you give her a get that lowers her zika from a hundred to a fifty. It's the chalitza to her is shvach. It won't cover the co-wife. The second case was you have the two women. One of them you gave a mimer to, so you upped her to hundred and fifty. So the chalitza to you her is also not enough because you have to give her a get afterwards. So it's also shvach. So do the co-wives in both cases. Do the co-wives. What if you did both? <laughs> what if you have two wives that fall to you? You gave one a get. You gave one a mimer. Because you thought it'd be funny. I don't know. I don't know why you did that, but you gave one a get and you gave one a mimer. So now you got to do chalitza to one of them. Which one? The bolshvach. So are they equal? Meaning one's a 50, one's 150. Chalitza is bad on both. So which one do you choose? That's the kasha. So the Gemara says, Ezman Kedemus. I mean, you got to choose one chalitza to cover both. We're assuming, not like Rav, that you don't have to do chalitza. You only, it's only one husband, so you don't, there's only one brother. You do chalitza to one, we'll cover both. So which one do you do? So generally, you pick the best one. They're both bad. Is there a better of the bad? That's the question. You're not going to do chalitza to both. You don't need to do chalitza to both. That's the question. So the Gemara speaks it out. 
maybe it's better to do the one with the get because her Zika is already at 50. So you already started the process. Finish the process. Or perhaps it makes more sense to do Chalitza on the one that you did Maimer to because she's closer to the Parsha of Yibam as opposed to the one that you gave a get which you sort of started to sever it. Okay, that's the question. They're both weak. Is there a preference? So the Gemara is going to say no. They're both identical. Amr Ravashi Toshima Moider of Gamliel She is Gerach HaMaimer Maimer Acher Get so the, the, basically, there's a whole machlekes later on. Where is this machlekes? I don't know where this machlekes is. This is in uh, 51, Nun Aleph. In the Sugi Daf Nun Aleph, it talks about if you have two women that fall to you, yeah? When you give a woman a get, the, the Yuvama, not only do you then have to do chalitza, obviously, you can't do yibam, but you also made her a divorcee for you. So some of the halachas, like, that you can't marry the mother of your divorcee, you can't marry her either. I mean, once you give her a get, you, you trigger some halachas. Okay? She's considered a grusha to you. It has many halachas for kahun. It, ha- it has ha- halachas. Rav Gamliel Nacham argue, what if you have two wives that fall to you? You give a get to both. Does that do anything? Does the second one do anything? Rav Gamliel says no. Why? The second you give her a get, you've canceled both of them. You might have to do chalitza, but both of them are not your wives anymore. So if you give the get to the second wife, that does nothing. That's where Gamliel's take. Again, Anun Aleph will figure out why the Chum disagree. But, and the same thing with a mimer. If you give a mimer to one, and then you give a mimer to the second, the second one's ineligible. Because once you start one process, that's it. You've sort of diverted your attention from the other wife, and the second one doesn't, doesn't accomplish anything. So you see that that's the status. According to Rav Gamliel, you can't do two gets, you can't do two mimers. But... Rav Gamliel says, if you do a mimer to one, you could do a get to the other. If you do a get to one, you could do the mimer to the other. So what do you see? You see that they're sort of equal. That they're both strong enough. Meaning, when you give a get, it, let's say, severs it a certain percentage. So if you give a get to the second wife, that will sever it, that won't sever it anymore because they're equal. Once you do a mimer to one, get to the other, it actually accomplishes. So you see that they're both considered equal in their own rights. That's the Gemara's understanding. So the Gemara says... So you see that a get and a maimer are equal in halacha, therefore when it comes to these two women, either one. Okay, the next sugi is actually quite easy, and that is, okay, you have the two sisters that fall to you, right? So the Gemara says, You have the two sisters that fall to you, from two different houses. So you can't marry either one because of Zika. So he said you do chalitza to both. Okay, so far so good. You do chalitza to one, then you do chalitza to the other. So far, so good. Here's the question. What if one of them dies? Do you say that right now, what was the issue? You couldn't do yibum to both. Well, you can't do yibum to both because they're sisters. You can't do yibum to one because you have Zika to both. Once one of them dies, could you then do yibum to the other one? Do we say that, like, once you're out, there was a moment of time where you couldn't do Yibam, so that's it, you're out? Or do we say, no, right now? I mean, what's the problem? Like, right now, you want to do Yibam to the sister. You'd be like, well, because you were engaged at one point a, a half a month, a month ago to the sister before she died. Well, that's over now. Once she dies, that Ziga's dissolved, you should be allowed to do Yibam. Or do we say, no, when she fell to you, there was a moment of ineligibility, right? That's the question. So let's say you have the two sisters, they die... Uh, the husbands die day after day. So first Leah and then Rachel. So Leah had a day where you could marry her. 
but then the second Rachel came into play, you're out by both. The question is then, let's say Rachel dies or Leah dies. Does that change anything? Or do we say there was a moment where you're ineligible, you're forever ineligible? Or do we say, no, right now you're eligible? That's the Shiloh. So the Gemara says, Rav's opinion is that as long as one of them dies, you could do even to the other. doesn't matter which one, doesn't matter the order. As long as one of them dies, becomes eligible again, you could do even. I don't care that they were ineligible at some point, that's fine. That's Yeah, meaning let's say a wife, let's say a crazier case. You're married to a woman, not you. Someone's married to a woman, can't marry the sister. Wife dies, you could. That, that's I'm saying that's the halacha. So, so the second over here, once one dies, you should be allowed to marry the sister. Now, this is a sister-in-law, so it's not exactly the case of a wife sister. But I'm saying the, the, the premise. But my point is over here. Forget about the wife sister. That's actually different. But over here, there's a sister-in-law. The point is both these sisters. But the issue is that it, you're engaged to both. The issue is that it's sort of like you're engaged to your wife's sister. Once the wife dies, then you can marry the sister. Yeah, the, the problem is that because you have Zika to both, each one is considered the sister of your Zika. But once one of them dies, you become eligible again. Or do we say, once a sister-in-law falls, if it's not eligible at the time, you're out. So Rav says, no, right now you're eligible, you can marry them. Rav Yochanan has a different take. Rav Yochanan says, <laughs> You know what Yechon's take is? It depends which one dies. Let's say the order is Leah became eligible to you first. A day later, Rachel became eligible. Meaning, Leah's husband dies, she falls to you to Yivam. You're traveling, and then you hear the news, Rachel's husband also died. So now you have two sisters. There was a day where Leah was eligible, but now they're both ineligible. So then one of them dies. You want to know if you can marry them? It depends which one. If Rachel dies, you can marry Leah because she started off eligible. Then she became ineligible, back to eligible. But Rachel was never eligible because when, she, when her husband died, she, there was a Zika thing. So if Yechelen says it depends on which one. If Leah, who was eligible for a day, who became ineligible, becomes eligible again, then we're good. But if Rachel becomes eligible, no good. Okay. Fine. The Gemara says, I have a kasha. The problem is the Brisa clearly states that if a woman is ineligible at the time of death, no good. So how could Rav say, meaning Rav Yechonon says, it depends which one. Because Leah was eligible at the time. So we're good. Rachel was ineligible. So because she was ineligible, she can never become eligible again. Rav says both are fine. But what about the Brisa? The Brisa says that if that for a woman to become mutter, post facto, whatever, she has to have been eligible at the time of death, when she fell to you. So what does Rav do with that? Because Rav will take either one. As long as one sister dies, he'll marry the other one. He has got no problem with that. But why? Rachel was ineligible when her husband dies. Because when her husband died, she was engaged. The Zika, the Zika thing. So because she was ineligible, and the Brisa clearly states that that's a halacha. It's not like Rav Yechon's making it up. How does Rav argue in the Brisa? You understand? So the Gemara says, The answer is it depends what makes you ineligible. When the Brisa says if you're ineligible, you're forever ineligible, it depends with what. The Brisa was referring to a case where the ineligibility was that it was your wife's sister. Meaning, a woman falls, you do yivam. It's your wife's sister. Yeah? Is she eligible? No. Wife dies. Is she eligible now? Yes. But she was ineligible biblically. That's when you're out. In this case, when Rachel and Leah fall to you, the ineligibility is Zika. Zika is the Rabbanon. 
Rob's, Rob doesn't, is not, it's not considered canceled. Meaning you're canceled if you're ineligible biblically. If you're eligible biblically, rabbinically, ineligible rabbinically, that's fine. Okay, let's just end off with this kasha. The Gemara says, We have a kasha on Rav Yechanan. I don't know why we're asking our Rav Yechanan. The truth is, Rav, it's even more difficult to understand. Let's go with Rav Yechanan. Again, Rav Yechanan felt that in the case of the two brothers, the two sisters that fall to a man, staggered. First Leah, then a day later Rachel. Both can't marry because they're Zika. Then Rachel dies, you can marry Leah. Leah dies, you cannot marry Rachel. That was Rav Yechanan's take. Here's the kasha. The kasha is, so why are you allowed to marry um, Leah? Because the issue with Rachel was removed. Meaning Leah was fine. Then Rachel came in, made it worse. She dies. Leah is now eligible again. Let me ask you a question. Instead of death, wouldn't Chalitza be the same thing? Meaning, if you have Rachel and Leah fall to you, Leah first, then Rachel, so you can't marry either. If you do Chalitza to Rachel... That should make El- Leah eligible. So how come our Mishnah says that you have to do Chalitza to both? You shouldn't have to do Chalitza to both. You should do Chalitza to Rachel, dissolve Rachel's relationship, she's out, Limafreya, and LA is available. So why does our Mishnah say that it doesn't work? You have to do Chalitza to both. You shouldn't have to do Chalitza to both. Yes, if you do Chalitza to Leah, that will make Rachel always a problem because Leah, because Rachel was never eligible. But Leah was eligible. Then Rachel ruined it. Remove Rachel. So how? If she dies, Leah's fine. So if you do Chalitza, Leah should also be fine. So how come our Mishnah says that if you have to do Chalitza to both, you shouldn't have to do Chalitza to both. You should do Chalitza to Rachel, rendering Leah permitted, and do Yivam to Leah. That's the Gemara's kasha. Good? Sort of? Maybe. So let's see inside. The Gemara says, I have a kasha of Yosef, and the Rav Yechanan, Arba Achim Beis Mem Nesuim, Beis Achayus, and Beis Nesuim, and Beis Achayus, and Beis The Mishnah says that if the two sisters fall to the two brothers... You can't do Yibam because of the Chalitza, because of Zika. Amai, why can't you do Chalitza? Why, why can't you do Yibam? Let one of the brothers do Chalitza to Rachel. So she's out. Now Leah is eligible again. She was eligible. She became ineligible. She's eligible again. Leah is now eligible again. Why not? If you can Chalitza to the, the Sarah, okay. and then you can do, so if you just, now there are no Tzara's in the picture, it's just Rachel and Leah, two sisters, you can't do Chalitza on one and marry the other. Because it's two, but this is two brothers, that was where it was one, one brother, this is two brothers, our mission is two brothers. So if there's two brothers, you're right, if it was one brother, you're right, if there's two brothers. So one brother does Chalitza to Rachel, taking her out, the other brother should not be able to do even to Leah. What's the problem? There was Zika, it's removed, it's dissolved. You're right, if it was one brother, you're right, it would be the same, because then it's Achos Chalitzasa. But over here, it's two brothers, why not? So the Gemara says, Amrle, uh, so this is Rav Yochanan's response. It's a good response, by the way. The Kasha is, you're not like our Mishnah, yeah? Because our Mishnah says you have to do Chalitza to both. According to you, do Chalitza to Rachel, rendering Leah eligible. So you know what his answer is? Amrle, Achoyes, Eniyadem, Yishonan. I don't know who the author of that Mishnah was. That Mishnah doesn't sound, doesn't sound accurate. In the Armish, it doesn't sound accurate. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know who taught our Mishnah. Forget it. Uh, it's not a good Mishnah. So the Gemara, that, that was his response. The Gemara wants to know, why, why is that the response? The Gemara says, Maybe that's, Why doesn't he say that's what the Mishnah means? When it says you have to do Chalitza, it means on Rachel. The answer is chaltzes katani. It says they do chalitza plural. Uh, so why don't you just say it means chalitza in general? The answer is elu katani. <laughs> The Gemara says, well, okay, why don't you just do this? We'll end with this. Why doesn't Rav Yechanan say that the case of our Mishnah is where... Rav Yechanan would only work if you do Chalitza to Rachel first. 
If you do chalitza to Leah first, Rachel's out because Rachel was never eligible. So why don't you say our Mishnah, when it says you have to do chalitza to both, is where you did chalitza to Leah first. Meaning, maybe that's the case of the Mishnah. The answer is, chalitzas l'chachila ketani. The Mishnah says, chalitzas, you have to do chalitza to both. Not if you did chalitza to the wrong sister. So therefore, our Mishnah indicates that you have to do chalitza to both. I, it's not a Yechanan, we don't know who authored our Mishnah. Right, we'll stop here. Um, haven't done it yet.